Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of A Good Drop. Each week and every week, we talk about a different kind of drink. Well, we don't really talk about a different kind of drink every week. Sometimes we don't talk about a drink at all, per se. It's booze-related. <laughs> ish, ish, mostly. But this week, it definitely kind of sort of is. We're talking about soda water. Soda water, or seltzer, or mineral water. So, I'm Stu. I'm Michael. Cheers. Cheers. Well, that was the most unsatisfying bottle opening I've ever had. Yeah, yeah. Normally, you open something that's carbonated and you get a satisfying sound and yeah. the fizz noise. And this yeah. was just, I, yeah, I, almost possibly the reason, like the the sadness that came after. <laughs> Such an uneventful opening of a bottle may well be the reason why soda water has slowly faded into obscurity. Well, it did, but now it's all the rage again. Well, it is slowly making a comeback. Oh man, you should see the stats. It's there's nothing slow about it. It's in the last ten years, it's gone from no. You're right. It's it was almost into obscurity because everyone was drinking soft drink, but people are trying to live slightly more healthier slightly more healthy slightly healthier lives and so they're turning to soda water as the sugar-free calorie-free alternative to soft drink and beer yes but before we get too much into that we have to go back way back Back. let's get into the way back machine way back to the 1700s yeah to where it all began 1730 to be precise Yes, when the very first accidental creation of soda, soda water, the very first time somebody aerated water with carbon dioxide, mm. was apparently William Browning, though he didn't publish a paper on it and thus wasn't really acknowledged for it. He he got forgotten. Yeah, like a lot of hist- historians and fantastic and fantastic people. But then in 1767, when the process was accidentally discovered by Joseph Priestley, who did write a paper about it, (laughs) and uh, how he had infused water with carbon dioxide after suspending a bowl of it above a beer vat at a brewery in Leeds in England. The paper he published in 1772, uh, what was it titled? Uh, Entitled Impregnating Water... With fixed air. Impregnating, that sounds mm, erotic. Yeah, he called it impregnating water. <laughs> with, well, this was 1772. Yeah. So impregnating would have been the word, I suppose. The word. Yeah, impregnating used. water with fixed air. He wrote of the peculiar satisfaction he found in drinking that water. Well, the, the funny thing is, he, um, in following it in... Uh, in in experiments following this discovery, he was using pigs uh, a pig's bladder to allow the air to get compressed and then forced into the water. Yeah, they were even way back then working with pre- pushing pressurized yeah air into well pressurized carbonated air yeah, yeah just in, carbonated water. air yeah. But I it's funny why why I say it's funny is because 
it imparted an off flavour into the water that a few people complained about. What flavour do you reckon it was? Oh, it would have been something a bit porky, I would imagine. Apparently it tasted like piss. Oh, right. (laughs) And I guess that's where they then began adding minerals and things to it. Actually, the adding of minerals to... uh, to to water is fanta- fascinating. It's fascinating because the the method they discovered to the method Joseph Priestley Joseph Priestley Joseph Priestley yep. yeah the me- method yep, not Joseph- Jason Priestley Joseph Priestley <laughs> the method Joseph Priestley discovered was that if you if you drip sulfuric acid onto marble it creates CO two and the minerals from the marble leach their way into the water. And, of course, that improves the flavour profile. Yeah, and that's how we get uh, artificial mineral water. Well, the earliest uh, types of artificial mineral water at any rate. Yeah, well, the earliest types... Yeah, the the earliest types of artificial mineral water because way, way back, even before William Browning discovered uh, carbonation, it was already a thing in some national... Natural springs in Italy and Greece and Europe. Like, the, these were fizzy straight out of the ground. Yeah, just because of natural stone and mineral deposits. Yeah. And, of course, I wanted to make it artificially because it was too expensive to ship around the world. Yeah, well, naturally. After all of that occurring in 1772, it wasn't actually until 1781 that... Companies began large-scale production of carbonated water or began specialising in the production of artificial mineral waters. And in fact, the first factory was uh, built in Manchester, England by Thomas Henry in 1781. But naturally, the arrival of soda water as a commercially available thing changed the way people drank and uh, provided an extra option from um, of how to drink your spirits over just having it neat or on the rocks or with still water. And um, it led to the term a splash to refer to sparkling rather than flat water with the uh, 50s and 60s having a scotch and a splash being a popular order in a bar. And at that time in bars, they all used soda siphons which was a way that they could produce their own carbonated water on site with a large glass soda siphon. Hmm. But that, that seems like a an incredibly awkward way to make it. Mm, well, I mean, it was fancy. It looked good. True. And in the 50s and 60s, you know, that was, that was that it. Matters. But, of course, the late 60s brought with it a bit of a cultural change. The hippie era began... And the counterculture of the and yeah the hippie era began and the counter the counterculture of the late sixties and early seventies changed social drinking and began a decline in the popularity of soda water and that increased further after the arrival of bottled and canned beverages in the nineteen eighties mm. leading to the traditional soda siphons only being used in the more upmarket bars with a uh, preference being for the smaller and far more compact and far easier to use well, soda fountain and the uh, post mix soda machines that mm. also you know that are able to produce flat water carbonated water 
Coke, Sprite, whatever else they might want to pump out of it. Yeah, because once you can get it into a pressurized container you can, or a pressurized canister, you can take it anywhere. Yeah, and you can push it into anything, which yeah. is why they use those carbon canisters to carbonate whatever the hell they want that's hooked up to that machine. Yeah. And that... And I've often thought about carbonating some vodka just to see what happens. Just to see what happens. And, why and not? How weird a shot of fizzy vodka would taste. Mm, it'd be interesting, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and so that, of course, brings us back to today where the majority of the soda water that we might order in a bar would come from a post-mix machine and the stuff that we get at home is either from a soda stream, which are becoming increasingly popular again, hmm. or just from a plastic recyclable bottle. In the spirit of a good drop, we are actually drinking something alcoholic. We're having a cocktail. Yes, we are drinking a vodka, lime and soda. Hmm. Which uh, soda is a common name for soda water, common shortened name for soda water. You've also got seltzer. Like I, like I said in the intro, you've also got seltzer, you've got mineral water, you've got sparkling water, uh, carbonated water, fixed air. Yeah. Lo- <laughs> well, no of, one calls it fixed air No, anymore. lots of different versions for it. And generally, unless you're in a place that serves sparkling or soda water, no one refers to regular water as flat water. No. But that is what it is. Still still water, yes. But that that is, but still water is what it's referred to. If you're, say, in a classy restaurant and you ask for water to be brought to the table. And they'll ask sparkling or still. (laughs) Or sparkling still or tap. Yeah. And And of course, if you're classy, you'll order sparkling. Sparkling, yes. Without asking how much they're going to charge you for that bottle that they're going to bring to the table? The answer is four times as much as you'd pay for it elsewhere. Usually. Usually. (laughs) Uh, So let's talk about the origin of the words as well. Because Mm. in in Australia, seltzer is not a very popular word, but it's commonly used in the US. Yeah, though its origin is actually not from there. No, it's from Germany. From a... From a Jesus, too many cables. So, uh, because it, even though it's b- big, even though it's become a generic word for soda water at the moment, it was originally a brand name, like you'd call Levi's or Biro. Uh, it the brand is uh, Nieder Seltzer, and it's from Germany. It's believe it or not, they were selling naturally carbonated water as early as 1728, before artificial carbonation was discovered. Mm. And interestingly enough, when it comes to brand names, if something ends up being commonly referred to by a certain name, then that brand can lose its trademark Mm. because it's considered to just be associated with that product. Yeah. That's why Nintendo pushed the word game console because everyone was talking about their game console called, uh, referring to the game console as a Nintendo. Yeah, and also why Band-Aid try, well, by Band-Aid always says Band-Aid brand, Band-Aids. Yeah. Because once upon a time, they were really trying to have them called like adhesive strips or something. Yeah. 
and for their brand to be Band-Aid. But it just became so synonymous that now they have to say that they are Band-Aid brand Band-Aids because <laughs> that's just what, that's a Band-Aid. Yeah. Doesn't matter what brand it is, it's a Band-Aid. It's a Band-Aid. So because the natural springs in the Nida seltzers had a high carbonation but a low mineral content, they became quite popular especially in the overseas markets, uh, with uh, shipping to the rest of Europe and across to the US. Uh, the the importers were calling it seltzer water and uh, just so they could sell it to their customers, because uh, it not only included carbon dioxide, but also some of the minerals, such as magnesium, that were known to be in the natural springs waters. Uh, it was... Believe it or not, seltzer was never trademarked as a term, so any soda water brand can use it on their labels. But at this point, it's like, as we said, it's synonymous with soda water. Yeah, certainly in the US, it's yeah. synonymous. Yeah. Uh, you could also call it club soda. Uh, but it was uh, actually it was actually a trademarked name by the Cantrell and Cochrane of Dublin. In Ireland in 1877. Uh, They still own the trademark, but they, you know, probably don't really exist anymore. I haven't heard of them for a while. Mm, Well, and the trademark is undoubtedly useless at this point because it's become a generic term. Yeah. The The question at the moment, though, is that is soda water healthy, unhealthy? Is it... Just a thing? Is it a fad? Mm, well, and I suppose that brings us back to the current times because it began to fade out and now it's beginning to come back. And certainly there are a lot of drinks that use it. Mm. Like some of the current cocktails that contain soda water as an ingredient are the Gin Ricky, the Highball, the Americano, the Asian Hooker. <laughs> oh my god. The Brandy Daisy, the California Root Beer, the John Collins, the Mojito, the Ramos Fizz, Sangria, Spritz Veneziano, and the Tom Collins. And that's that's just to name a few. Just a few, yeah. And I mean, a number of them, most of them contain either gin or vermouth or vodka. Because, of course, we didn't bother listing what we're drinking now, Mm. which is technically also... A cocktail that contains soda water, vodka, soda water. Yeah, and the majority of them are just that simple. So the the Tom Collins, for example, is just old Tom gin, lemon, sugar syrup, soda water, and ice. Mm. And you can garnish it with orange or a mani- or a maraschino cherry. Maraschino cherry. Mm. Mm. Or both. Or both. Why not both? Porque no los dos. Exactly. There's, you know, soda water is just nice on its own. It's refreshing. Yeah, it's it's not bad to drink by itself. Mm. You can just have a lemon, lime, and soda. Yeah. Or just a, a lime and soda or a lemon and soda. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's really nice. And it's a, I suppose it's a, it's a, a, a first world, like like a first world drink. It's like a epitome of the first world as it as it stands. Like, water is not good enough. We've got to make it better. Yes. Like, water that's, that 
75% of our 78% of our body is made up of is not good enough. So we've got to make it fancy. Yes, we need to add carbon dioxide. Or import it from uh, Norway all the way to Australia and call it Voss. <laughs> yeah, and put it in a glass bottle that breaks if you look at it sideways. You're right. But, it, it, it's consumerism gone mad. Oh, absolutely. But still, to this day, scotch in a splash is not a bad drink. Mm. Adding that tiny bit, because literally just a splash of carbonated water added to whiskey... Yeah. Adds the fizz, adds a it, little something. It changes the flavor, changes yeah. the, the mouthfeel of the drink. Yeah, and even uh, in cooking, soda water can change things. In um, in baking pancakes, for example, mm. to well anything that calls for water, to use soda water instead... Yeah, it makes them fluffier. Makes them, yeah, lighter, fluffier, more aerated, because... It produces bubbles in the mix, mm. and those bubbles expand during cooking. Yeah. The, a restaurant I used to work at used soda water for the uh, tempura batter, just to make it a little more fluffy. Yeah, and in fact, the Japanese have been using tempura for a long time, and soda water almost as long in yeah. their tempura. I mean, yeah. you find a better way to do something, you got to use it, Right. Right. That's it. And because, you know, the Japanese are about perfection. Yeah. So if you can find a way to make it better. It, it might, if it's better and it's harder, still better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I mentioned that I, I asked the question earlier about soda water potentially being unhealthy. And we, I did some research on it. And the answer is not really. Because one of the one of the things that people were complaining about or were worried about is the carbonic acid or the uh, the fact that soda water is slightly acidic, and it doesn't really make that much difference. It only becomes a problem when you mix it with other acids, like in soft drink. Yeah. So sugars and acids. There's citric acid in there. There's uh, a whole pile of other different things that are bad for your teeth and the soda water just compounds it. Yeah, because generally soda waters, they do contain either potassium bicarbonate, potassium sulfate, sodium bicarbonate, or sodium citrate. Mm. But alone in the soda water, it does nothing. Yeah. But soda water does become an ingredient in all your other soft drinks. Yeah. The soda water, it does nothing. <laughs> yeah, like really, soda water could be considered the mother of soft drink. Yeah, well, because well, without it, it, soft drink wouldn't exist. It literally is, and yeah, because we, yeah, you're right, because we couldn't, we wouldn't have soft drink without it. Because people got bored of the, of just straight soda water with the discovery of sugar. Oh, not really. Yeah, with the discovery of sugar in like the 1860s. Yeah, they wanted things that were sweeter, things that had more flavor. Yeah. People were becoming more wealthy, more opulent. They wanted it to be bigger and better. They wanted their drinks to have cocaine in them. (laughs) Oh, my God. Your opiates. Gotta love them, right? Well, that was, from what I'm led to believe, one of the (laughs) earliest recipes of Coca-Cola. Well, they, they keep saying that, no, that's not true. 
Well, they keep saying it, <laughs> but there's no proof either way. So I yeah. choose to believe that once upon a time, Coke was called Coke for a very different reason. <laughs> Who knows? Until they can show me video from the early 1800s of somebody making Coca-Cola without putting cocaine in it. I won't believe it. <laughs> Yeah, who knows? Before we finish up on the episode, there is something I have to talk about. So, in the spirit of a good drop podcast, of course, we have we had to try and find a good drop, top drop, and an odd drop. Soda water is soda water. So, I honestly can't tell the difference between the cheapest brand of soda water I can find on the shelf at the supermarket and the uh, $2, $3 a litre soda water you find at the luxury places. Yeah, I can't. I can't really tell the difference. So I don't know if I actually said we're drinking uh, S Pellegrino, which is one of the oldest, or San Pellegrino, which is one of the oldest brands of soda water around. And uh, I can see Russian writing on the label. Yeah, well, it's supposed to be Italian. Uh, made in bottled at bottled in Italy. But there's yeah, there's Russian, there's Greek, there's uh, something, some other languages. Imported for San Pellegrino, Asia, Singapore. Yeah, so I, I think that it actually does not belong to Coca Cola. No, there's there's a change. There's... San Pellegrino Pacific Unit. <laughs> We've gone off on a tangent, so I think it's time for us to head on out. Uh, if you liked what you heard, if you enjoyed our rambling. Uh, if you ha- and if you haven't already, we'd love you to subscribe to us. Uh, you can find us on your favorite podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, or Google Play Podcasts, Spotify, uh, most podcast apps out at the moment. And, of course, Podbean. And, of course, Podbean. Who are our host? Yeah. We are a good drop all about alcohol. Look for the beer icon. Yeah, and uh, you can find us on the socials. We're on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, and uh, we are there as a Good Drop podcast. And, of course, we have a good old-fashioned website. If you'd like to view a single episode or download all of our episodes in one mean go to send them to a friend as a fantastic (laughs) birthday gift. (laughs) Yeah. And that is a gooddrop.com.au. And if you've got any questions, comments, feedback... If we made a mistake, feel free to send us an email to a good drop at gmail.com. We'd love to hear. We'd love to get some feedback from listeners. We would. We've, uh, we're always looking forward to hearing from you, hearing your ideas, hearing your mm. thoughts. Yeah, if hearing you a- the things you've been drinking. Yeah, if you've got any episode ideas, we'd love to hear them too. We might even talk about it. Uh, so, yeah, that's it for now. Next so- week. Yeah, next week is going to be an interesting one. Yeah. We are going to talk all about the difference a glass makes. Specifically, the difference that a glass makes to the flavor of a sparkling white wine. Hmm. Because there's been a lot of debate about what the right kind of glass is for a sparkling white or a champagne. And it's even the, the fashion has changed over the years. So we're going to try and... Uh, deconstruct that and work out what makes the the 
what makes the drink shine. Yes, it's going to be scientific to a point. But enjoyable. Scientific to a point. Yeah, well, it's going to be Bill Nye the Science Guy sort of scientific. <laughs> let's, let's be clear on this. All right. Yeah, so sounds good. Until next time. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers.